0: Today on Categorical Imperatives, we are going to talk about how Ilya Soman went on MSNBC and made a goddamn fool out of himself pretending to speak for all libertarians. Hey, greetings, and welcome back once again to Categorical Imperatives. As always, I am your host, Locking Liberal, and I do want to thank you all so much for joining me here today. Now, if you are new to the program, I especially want to welcome you. Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to be using legal theory and moral philosophy to discuss current events related to law, politics, and culture. And just before we uh, get into the meat of the show here, I do have one quick announcement for you guys. So I recently decided to start putting out an audio version of this show uh, as well. So I have created a page for the show over at anchor.fm. There will be a link down in the description. Uh, And right now I am in the process of uploading my whole back catalog of episodes onto there. Uh, And then I will also be putting all my new episodes up there. Uh, They'll be hitting there at the same time they hit YouTube, Library, and Odyssey where I already post them in video form. So Uh, That's all I really got for you. Let's uh, get on to the topic for today, huh? So, the other day, uh, George Mason law professor, Cato adjunct scholar, constitutional lawyer, uh, and libertarian, uh, Ilya Soman, went on MSNBC. Uh, They used him essentially as a shill so that MSNBC could attack Republicans by... Basically saying, look, even libertarians support vaccine mandates. And before I get to everything that was wrong with the piece and with Ilya's comments, I want to be clear, this is not uh, a video I get any joy out of doing. I know Ilya personally. I have the greatest respect for him for his work. I consider him one of the finest constitutional law and property law scholars and lawyers in the country. And even though my own libertarian values diverge from him on a number of specific issues, I am not calling into question his libertarian credentials. Generally speaking, when we disagree, his reason for seeing things differently than I do is just a different perspective of the same shared uh, libertarian moral philosophy. But everything... About this interview deserves to be and subsequently will be receiving harsh condemnation from me. I don't know why he would go on and give credibility to a report that didn't, that really obviously didn't give a fuck what libertarians believe and just wanted to stick it to Republicans. Uh, so let's just get right to that. <laughs>
1: We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats.
2: They do not respect your liberty. They do not respect your right to make your choices about your health care, about your
1: children, about your lives. I see no reason to be pushing vaccines on people. But it's just like their philosophy. They want a mandate. They want to impose. Individual safety is managed every day as a matter of personal responsibility rather than by government mandate.
2: There's been talk about potentially people advocating at the federal level imposing compulsory masks on kids. Uh, We're not doing that in Florida, Okay.
1: Republican politicians like to pretend they're sticking to libertarian values, citing liberty, freedom, personal choice, as reasons to oppose just about every measure that could stem the spread
0: of COVID. I really dislike the way this interview starts by mocking Republicans, people who pretending they are sticking to libertarian values, uh as opposing reasonable measures to spread this, to stem the spread of COVID, as though that's what they're saying. When it's not at all. No one is making an argument that we shouldn't take this pandemic seriously and that we shouldn't take reasonable precautions. This is not the same argument that they are making. I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, anyway, the thing is, the interviewer doesn't even care what libertarians think about vaccines. He cares about making Republicans look stupid by basically claiming, look, this extreme anti-government group, enough jobs that we think are even stupider than Republicans, even they think Republicans are going too far. And... If you think I'm reading too much into his tone, just wait. But the thing is, a lot of actual libertarian legal
1: scholars say vaccine mandates, for example, are actually okay. They're fine because you can have personal freedom for yourself, but not at the expense of others. Ilya Somin is a professor of law at George Mason University and an adjunct scholar at the libertarian Cato Institute. He joins me now. Um, Professor Solomon, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Explain to our viewers why vaccine mandates, in your view, are not oppression, not authoritarianism, not tyranny, as some self-styled libertarians have claimed in recent days.
2: So, thank you very much for having me. I think they are a restriction on freedom, but they're a very small one uh, with a very large payoff, not just for the person who gets vaccinated but for other people they come into contact with as well. And that makes them very different from other infringements on liberty that are either much larger, as in the case of lockdowns, for example, or uh, where there's little or no benefit except possibly a benefit to the individual himself. So I think vaccines, therefore are a special case where you get a small infringement on freedom, you get the jab, but then you can move on with your life at worst in a day or two. Uh, And on the other hand, there's a big payoff in terms of saving lives, Uh, whereas there are other kinds of restrictions on liberty which are much more severe and are very different.
0: All right. Now, problem number one, libertarianism is a deontological set of values. Now, he is making this consequentialist argument. He He's saying that, sure, vaccines are less authoritarian than being locked in your home, uh, and so they're okay. That's not really how it works. Self-ownership is self-ownership. Either I own myself and I decide what does or does not get done with the property that is my person, Or someone else owns me, and I'm a slave. It's that simple. Now, this whole idea that being vaccinated is a smaller infringement than lockdowns is a very good argument for people to choose to go get vaccinated. And I want to be clear here. I'm not against the vaccine at all they're probably reasonably safe. Uh, I, I don't know. They're still experimental, so I'm not going to go out on a limb and say they're absolutely, completely, totally safe. But, you know, I'm sure that getting vaccinated is a reasonably safe and effective thing for you to do. And I don't think it is unreasonable for the government to be encouraging people to do so as long as it's done without coercion. In fact, we've actually... uh, There's been recent talk lately about uh, this really dumb idea of giving people $100 to go get the vaccine. That's actually something I'm fine with. Um, Yes, it's a very, very poor use of our money that we can't afford to spend, but that is true about like 99 cents of every fucking dollar we spend at this point. We all realize, whether we, whether we want to admit this to ourselves or not, we all realize that we are far too overextended to ever shrink our debt back down to manageable levels. With this recent, uh, what is it, $3.5 trillion infrastructure deal they just passed, they've already spent some $7 trillion more dollars this year than what they will be collecting in taxes, and we're only about halfway through fiscal 2021, the national debt is nearing $29 trillion, and, uh, what is it, uh, unfunded liabilities, that's it, and unfunded liabilities are, uh, what we, we don't know for sure, but uh, best estimates are somewhere between $150 trillion to $200 trillion. Fuck it. Roll the printing press. Give everyone $100 of fucking Monopoly money to go get the jab if they choose to do so. I'm fine with that. Now, of course, he then goes on to say that, sure, it's a small infringement, but once you get the jab, your life goes back to normal, and you can start living your life as free as you used to once again. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Outright bullshit. For him to ignore... That this entire pandemic has been nothing but goalpost shifting, that has been happening constantly ever since this thing broke out in early 2020, is just ridiculous. Does everyone remember when it was just two weeks to flatten the curve? Then it was. Well, we just have to reach herd, herd. We have, we have to reach herd immunity. And then after several more months, it was. Well, we just have to wait until we have the vaccine. And then as soon as we have the vaccine, everything will go back to normal. Uh, the ultimate promise was always the vaccine. And then, once we had the vaccine, now everyone has to get the vaccine. And then once you get vaccinated, you will get some kind of, you know, normality and, and a certain measure of your soul and liberty back. Uh, because there's no reason for the restrictions at that point, except that it hasn't happened initially they said once you get vaccinated you can stop wearing a mask everywhere now they backpedal on that backpedal on that as well i no one who is paying attention to anything that has happened over the last year and a half could possibly be so foolish as to say once you're vaccinated everything will go back to normal in a day or two that is patent bullshit. That's already proven to be a fucking lie. And everyone who thinks, well, once the majority of the population are vaccinated, then surely things will go back to normal. it It's it just, they have broken every such similar promise that they have made so far, and they have made a lot of them. Every time we have done what they told us to do to earn our freedom back, as though that's something we should have to earn back, not only do they not give it back, but they pile on more restrictions. That has been a consistent fact with every single single promise of a return to normalcy that they have made.
1: So you've done all the reading. You're a scholar. You're a professor. You've done all the reading... You've done the intellectual heavy lifting. But I do wonder, for...
0: Now, this gets me here. And this whole idea, well, you're a scholar, you've done all the heavy mental lifting. Now, Ilya is one of the finest legal scholars in the country, absolutely. And if he was being asked to make an argument about the constitutionality or about a, you know, common law property rights argument, legal argument for vaccine mandates, before I went on to call bullshit on him, I would triple check every one of his claims, assuming that any disagreement was likely a lack of necessary knowledge on my own and before I went and declared he was wrong. He really is a brilliant legal scholar. But nothing about his legal prowess makes his interpretation of our shared moral philosophy any truer than my own view or that of any other libertarian. And with that, let's watch the interviewer's mask drop right here. This is it gets really good.
1: Others, in other cases, whether libertarianism today is just an excuse for many on the right to act selfishly, recklessly, and then pretend it's all about freedom and liberty when, of course, Your freedom ends where mine begins.
2: People of almost every ideology cite liberty uh, when they think it's convenient to do so. The Republicans you mentioned earlier, none of them are actually libertarians. None of them, not even Rand Paul, actually describe themselves as libertarians. So uh, like many politicians, they will resort to pro-liberty arguments when they think it's politically convenient, uh, but I don't think either they or other politicians on either right or left necessarily exemplify libertarianism in any way.
0: Now, there is something about the snarky tone that this uh, interviewer uses that really more than almost anything else makes me want to set aside Uh, my commitment to the non aggression principle for just a moment and reach through my computer screen and just smack the shit out of him and then give Ilya a smack for giving this douchebag any credibility whatsoever. So this is where Ilya now says the only reasonable thing in the entire piece. He points out that everyone from every ideology tends to resort to this freedom and liberty argument when it suits their need, and this is true. Democrats do this. Republicans do this. Everybody does this all the time. Socialists do this. Everybody does this all the time. That doesn't make them libertarian. And while uh, he is correct to state that all these people that the interviewer is mocking, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Ron DeSantis, that none of these people claim to be libertarian, that they are Republicans, that is what they claim to be, and that is what they are, that uh, pretending them doing what they like when they think it suits their personal position and throwing out uh, buzzwords like freedom or liberty uh, in vacuous, meaningless ways doesn't make them libertarians. Really, it just kind of makes them Americans. But if Ilya was only going to refute one statement the so called journalist makes in the piece, why this why did it have to be this one? This was the least important of all possible stupid corrections he could have made So um with that out of the way, uh I I just I have trouble here because to subject people to involuntary medical treatment I I see no such point for respectful disagreement over that violation of our most fundamental of all liberties. With that out of the way, I, I want to go on to explain why uh, the vast, vast majority of libertarians, including myself, are not for forced vaccinations. Uh, really, this is the libertarian rebuttal that I wish Ilyu would have given on why and how vaccine mandates violate libertarian first principles. So, why you don't have a right to demand others are vaccinated? Well, it's hard to think of a more fundamental right than the right to determine what happens to one's own body. Forcing someone to undergo medical treatment against their will violates the most basic right, the right to be free from physical violence. Yet, even some libertarians have jumped on this whole mandatory vaccination bandwagon, as we have seen, arguing that one person not taking every possible precaution against contracting a disease constitutes assault against another. But this line of thinking requires some very tortured logic. To begin with, nobody has a right to a germ free environment outside of their own property, and good luck trying to even establish something like that. Proponents of vaccine mandates assert this right as if it is some kind of long standing social or legal norm, but it is not. Human beings have been living amongst each other for a millennia. There has never been a widely asserted right to freedom from any and all pathogens at other people's expense. This is a much more intrusive demand and a potentially very dangerous one. There has historically been a widely held and asserted expectation of quarantine in the case of exceptionally dangerous diseases. However, This is not at all what the proponents of mandatory vaccinations are calling for. Quarantine is simply the demand that those who are already infected with the disease remain isolated in their home or elsewhere until they are no longer able to affect others. This is profoundly different from what this pro-mandate crowd is demanding. That those who are not infected undergo a medical procedure to minimize their chance of becoming infected. This is a much more intrusive demand, and as I said, a potentially dangerous one. Furthermore, let's consider the fact that, what is COVID? It is essentially a version of SARS. Now, that has got to be just about uh, the, the scariest thing that a mandate pusher could come up with. And yet... SARS is not on the list of federally quarantinable diseases, and rightfully so, as it hardly qualifies as an exceptionally dangerous disease in the developed world. The mortality rate has fallen significantly, and it is often considered to be a fairly benign illness that many people contract. So what has changed in the last few years? How is it that all of a sudden... SARS has gone from a disease that is not even worthy of a mandatory quarantine to force people infected with it to one that has generated near-mass hysteria and demands for the far more intrusive forced medical intervention against those who are not even infected. Now, what about the whole idea of herd immunity? Well, in 2016, then-Libertarian presidential candidate Gary Johnston announced that he had reversed his position on vaccine mandates and he now supported them for things such as SARS. The reason? Someone told him about herd immunity. He said, I've come to find out that without mandatory vaccinations, the vaccines that would in fact be issues would not be effective. So... It's dependent that you have mandatory vaccination so that every child is immune, otherwise, not everyone will be immune enough even though they receive a vaccine. Now, had he looked into this a little more deeply, he would have learned that the theory of vaccination induced herd immunity is not nearly as solid as its proponents would have us believe. This idea was first put forward by A. W. Hedrick in 1933 based on the observation that measles outbreaks were suppressed when 68% of children had contracted the measles virus. This observation had nothing to do with vaccination as the measles vaccine had not even been developed yet. Now this is an important distinction for a few reasons. Perhaps most importantly, while the immunity conferred by contracting measles lasts a lifetime, that conferred by vaccinations does not not and we have no reason to think that is any different for COVID. What this means is that a 90% vaccination rate does not equate to 90% of the population having immunity. Now it was not until relatively recently when it was discovered that most vaccinations lose their effectiveness within about 2 to 10 years after being given. What this means is that at least half of the population, uh, that is to say baby boomers, who have had uh, no vaccine-induced immunity against any of the uh, you know, more long-term communicable diseases, such as measles, as we've kind of been talking about, um, ha- they have not been vaccinated against this since very early in their life. In essence, at least 50% or more of the population has been unprotected for decades. If we listen to the present day wisdom, we are all at risk of a resurgent of massive epidemics should the vaccination rate fall below 95%. So, for example, with the MMR, the measles, mumps, rubella that everyone gets. But the fact is that we've all lived for Uh, maybe nearly 30 or 40 years with 50 percent or less of the population having vaccine protection against these diseases that is herd immunity has not existed in this country for measles mumps or rubella for many decades and we have seen no resurgent epidemics that have occurred vaccine induced herd immunity is a lie used to frighten doctors public health officials medical personnel, and the public at large into accepting vaccinations. The larger point, though, is that even if the idea of vaccine-induced induced herd immunity did hold up to scrutiny, would it be a positive externality, not something that anyone has the right to demand from others at gunpoint? Now, I know what everyone is already thinking But what about immunocompromised people who can't be vaccinated? Well, there are certainly people who have a much more comprehensive understanding of this fallacy uh, of using medically fragile people than I do uh, as an excuse for forcing everyone to be vaccinated. Uh, So I will point you to some of their research uh, down in the description. And I will just say this. Nobody has an obligation to vaccinate themselves or their children in order to protect the most medically vulnerable among us. I doubt that those who promote this line of thinking have really thought through the implications of what they are asking for, requiring everyone to alter their lives and their actions in order to accommodate the most medically fragile at all times in all spaces, What they are demanding has implications far beyond vaccines. Now, of course, if disease transmission is really what proponents of vaccine mandates are worried about, then they should also demand that those recently vaccinated with live virus vaccines not be allowed in schools or public spaces. And if they aren't demanding this, then one has to wonder whether the transmission of the disease is really their primary concern. But the bottom line is, though, that this has nothing to do with the science behind vaccines, nor does it have anything to do with herd immunity, nor with competing claims about vaccine safety or vaccine harm, nor does it have anything to do with how how serious a disease like SARS or COVID is or is. Not. It is simply this. You do not have the right to force a medical procedure on another person. This is something that we rightly condemn the worst totalitarians in history for doing. And yes, they did it with more malevolent purposes, but I guarantee you they would have given you an answer about how this was actually beneficial to society, and I bet they probably believe that. Anyways, this is really just a little bit of libertarian thinking 101, but you are free to do whatever you wish with what is yours, and other people are not yours. You do not own them. You do not get to make decisions over their bodies and their lives. You may exclude them from your property if you wish, but you may not force them to undergo medical or non-medical, for that matter, procedures against their will. You don't even have to be a libertarian to understand this. The right to bodily integrity, to be free from assault, is the most fundamental of all human rights. If it is not protected, then no other rights even matter. Well... That is going to do it for me here today on Categorical Imperatives. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, And if you like the episode, uh, give me a thumbs up. Uh, If you dislike the episode, give me a thumbs down. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. I always really do love to hear from you guys uh, in the comment section. So please let me know what you think. And then, uh, yeah, I guess until next time, this has been me, Locking Liberal, for Categorical Imperatives, talking about vaccine mandates. I and as always Daylinda S. Cartago.